home of Patriots Monday and Friday. 93.7 WEEI-FM and HD1, Lawrence, Boston. We're always live on the free Odyssey app. Inbound to Halliburton. Still got plenty of time. Seven on the timer. Halliburton trapped. Off balance three. And he puts it in. And a chance at four. Hour number three of the Rich Keefe Show with Fitzy here on WEEI. That was the big four-point play the other night in the uh, in-season tournament quarterfinals against the Pacers, as heard on NBC Sports Boston. Boston Celtics bounced from the IST. They will play the uh, Knicks tomorrow or Friday in the... uh, I guess that'd be like a consolation type of thing. Mm-hmm. But 20 games into the season, Fitzy, so we're right around the uh, the quarter pole. 15 wow. and 5, the best record in the Eastern Conference. Your overall feelings of the 2023-2024 Boston Celtics. See, this is a question that can easily get someone who thinks that this is a good team but has anything resembling a little criticism of the team in hot water because it's going to come across <laughs> like, Oh, sorry that they're not. Oh, they have the best record in right. the NBA for you, bro. Yep, they're not twenty and O's, but you're right; they're very good. No, I, we acknowledge very, that they're great. Yep, but and with Porzingis back, yep. you know, you, you it's okay to have legitimate concerns about whether or not another injury could be lurking around the corner. Didn't even make it into the quarter mark without Porzingis getting injured, so that is going to be, I think, our over under here on this show was sixty three and a half games played. I'm feeling a little weird about taking the over by much on that one. My mm-hmm. biggest concern with this team, you know, you know, I heard Barkley on the air the other night before the in-season tournament game, which did not go their way, no, did not. Uh, saying no, did that not. they are a, they are a lock to win the NBA championship. Uh, in fact, how sold are you on the Boston Celtics? Celtics going to win a championship. The Celtics, Boston Celtics are the best team in the NBA. Is that, is that calling for a post-it? Hold it. Is that calling for a post-it? Yes. All right. Yes. Guarantee it. All right. The Boston Celtics are going to win the championship. Guaranteed. There it is. What's the The date today? Wow. That was emphatic. I love Charles. He's had had some misses in the past, as as we all have. As we Mm -hmm. we all have. uh, We all have. Who among us hasn't? I'm concerned. Like, the game Monday night, the IST game, to me was a perfect encapsulation of the concerns you should have for this team, no Porzingis, mm-hmm. uh, terrible, relying way too much on the three. They missed more three-point shots than I think any NBA team should take in a game. They missed <laughs> 29 three-point shots, which is bananas. Right. They take like 50 now a game, it feels bare like. Bare minimum. Yep. And they, they, they turtled in the third quarter again and were not able to be buoyed. Like Jalen Brown had a good game. That's great. But I didn't see Jason Tatum, who supposedly is going to be an MVP frontrunner this year, mm-hmm. put the team on his back and say, it's okay, guys, hop on. I got you. Like, there was some sort of weird third-quarter Celtics fade. You saw a lot of the same issues we keep seeing time and again when it matters most with the team, and that legitimately concerns me. Yeah, I, I agree. I think going into the season, it was Porzingis's health because when uh-huh. he's on the floor, like, what a great third player he is. He's never been asked to be the third-best player. He's always been the best or second best player, depending on where he was. So like, that was great, but he misses a lot of games. That's just the reality. Like these guys who are seven, three, seven, four have all kinds of different injuries and he's missed a lot of time. So I know the current injury that he has isn't like a long-term injury, but it's the first of, we'll see how many. So I, I was concerned going in about that. 
Mm-hmm. Also, Joe Missoula, like, I don't have a ton of faith in Joe Missoula. Yeah, he, he annoys me with how he answers questions, but, like, that's not the be-all, end-all. It's more, what is he doing in-game? And there's been frustrating close losses where they don't seem to they be on the same page at the end of games. There's also, now, I know this is an issue with a lot of NBA teams, but we're talking about a team that is focused on winning the title. They have a lot of just horrible quarters like just yeah. a mess of a quarter like they get out they get blitzed in a quarter and then even if they come back like the damage was done and they end up losing based on a quarter so I still look at a lot of the issues that Missoula had last year I think a lot of them are still there this year and I agree with you overall like I I are the three-point shot because they're gonna take a million that, that's not coming out of their game that's not coming out of most nope. teams games but right now Again, we're we're twenty games in the season, so I feel like it's a decent enough sample size. Sure, Tatum's not really knocking them down at a great clip. Brown never really does. Porzingis isn't. You know, Drew Holiday. Everybody on the team, with the exception of Sam Hauser, mm-hmm. is under forty percent. Porzingis is thirty two. Brown's Oof. like thirty three and change. So they're taking a ton, but they've been pretty straight. Like they don't have old reliable, right? Like nobody's really just just hammering down threes. So. If that is going to be the style that you play, and I feel like it is going to be, uh, you just you'd like to see them make more, right? Because when when they're making them, like they they're essentially unbeatable. But there's been so many nights where they're not, and then they got to make up for it and do other things. Yeah, and we remember last year, forty percent and up was the magic number. Like oh, Celtics go wagon. go from forty percent or higher from three. It's basically an automatic dub. Mm-hmm. And now, virtually nobody is hitting it at or even really near that clip. It makes you wonder. Uh, come trade deadline time, and I think it was this week earlier that we heard or read some reports that the Celtics are probably going to be very active at the trade deadline. Uh, yeah, adding, so that's a, yeah, that's yeah. interesting. Now this is it's a bit vague, but uh, Shams Sharania, one of the best yeah. guys in the NBA, had this to say: The Celtics gave up a couple first round picks in that Drew Holiday trade. They still have a few first round picks left over. I expect the Celtics to be active in the trade market as we get closer to February, to try to see if they can beef up their, their bench rotation and, and players coming off uh, that bench and see what they can do in the trade market. Okay. So bench, so, bench guys off the bench, bench and, guys and trades, trades in the trade market. No names. Nope. No names, but... Pretty vague. Yeah. I mean, so they want to upgrade over the Peyton Pritchard, Sam Hauser, Al Horford, Murder Cornet bench. It's basically those four guys yeah, that play the Hauser most. And Cornett, the Hauser and the Murder Cornet were like two of the three best players on the court in the first half against Indiana. And if Hauser's hitting threes the way he has been this season, isn't that also the kind of guy you'd be looking to trade for? Like, I feel like Hauser's kind of earned, earned some of those minutes. So I don't really, I don't mind Hauser playing. Rich, it's, again, early, not even Christmas yeah, yet yeah. when people start paying attention to the NBA, supposedly, although now the NFL has taken over Christmas Day. Be that as it may. Sure. If you got to play, you know, you you lobbied to be Celtics play-by-play guy. We're going to make sure you Brad, G- Brad Stevens' assistant. You've got you've got the killer manager from Staples' ear right now. Okay. Are you going for a three-point assassin off the bench as the first guy you target, or are you going for, like, big man depth? Probably big man because I think you're already. I'm assuming this three point sniper mm-hmm. is between six two and six eight, right? Like yeah. I assume he's either a guard or or like a wing guy. Yeah, classic six four, six five. Yeah, yeah, something along those lines. But I feel like your best players are already there. Like you need 
I'm not taking Tatum, Brown, Drew Holiday, or Derek White off the floor that much if I can help it. Like, come playoff time, like, those four guys are going to be on there a lot. Uh, oh, no, I didn't even mention Porzingis. So, like, Porzingis is going to be playing a lot, too, assuming health. So all five of those guys are getting big minutes, and then you kind of you work in Horford. Hauser can already hit some threes. So I'd probably go more big and say, all right, if you're going up against uh, Joel Embiid or you need some fouls on uh, Giannis, Hell, I mean, Indiana's pretty good, and I know they're more guard dominant, but they still got Miles Turner, so they got a, they, a guy who's big. Yeah, you could use a dispose. You could use I think a, a big. serviceable, if not disposable, body. Like yeah. for those games when you're just going to be racking, like mm-hmm. racking, stacking, and hacking. <laughs> That's right. Uh, Jalen Brown. So a lot was made of Jalen Brown's monster contract. Uh, mm-hmm. Once that kicks in next year, he'll be the highest paid player in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Last year, he needed to be All NBA to uh, qualify for that. So this year, again, it's 20 games. He's, he's missed one, so he's played in 19 games. All right. And I know they have more. Uh, they're better this year. So he's not taking as many shots, but he's averaging uh, four and a half less points than he was last year. He's averaging almost two rebounds less than he was last year, a little bit less on the assists, and his uh, field goal percentage is worse. Uh, just compared to last year, not you know yep. year over year or whatever. Just his his All NBA season last year. Overall, he's been worse. Now is that just hey I'm working with Porzingis and Holiday and I'm not used to working with those guys and everybody's going to sacrifice a little bit or is it a hey he went full tilt boogie to get All NBA last year and he may never be as good as that again? Yeah, like the classic free agent year. Yeah, kind of. Oh, showed up in a contract year. Yeah. Uh, maybe, and but also I I tend to think that maybe some of it comes from like the Porzing, Porzingis drain. Like he's going to be obviously get some of his boards and some of his points and some of those looks that w- would have just gone to Jalen because there wasn't someone as good mm-hmm. at scoring the ball like last year that, as there was with Porzingis. Like that, I think that's just I think that's probably only natural. Um, I also wanted to sort of highlight. For those, you know, Jason Tatum was obviously disappointed that they weren't going to Vegas because he wanted to go to Vegas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would have meant a little something extra, plus the nice coin they could have gotten if they won the right. NST. I'd like to quickly outline, and maybe not even outline, just point out that this can be a positive for the Celtics in the long run, in addition to the fact that there, there's there'll be a little lingering disappointment that they didn't actually win the in-season tournament. Resting up some of these guys that already have a little, like, Holiday's been dinged up already this season. Mm-hmm. Jalen Brown missed one game. Porzingis has now missed a bunch of games. This is probably going to help the team in the long run. I know it doesn't. I know no one was pleased watching that game. Yeah, no, night. I have no problem with them not I, making it to the finals. Fine. I would have liked to see them play the Bucks with a game that has, like, a little bit of stakes. You know, it's not mm-hmm. an NBA playoff game, but sure. has a little bit of, I would have liked to have seen that. But, no, them, you know, not playing a couple of extra games that – no, I, I'm I'm fine with that. I I 100%. take as a fan, I take no pride in the in season tournament. So yeah, uh, yeah, that that should help them long term. I I agree with you. And you're right, Fitzy. Anytime you mention anything negative about the, even slightly negative about the Celtics, like last text in, Rich, you're acting like the C's aren't in first place. They can't win every game, right? See, there it is. Listen, I know they can't win every game, but I've also, I mean, how many times over the last three four years? Did I pick them to win the whole thing only for them not to do it? I think even back in the bubble, not that that would have counted as a real title, but in 2020, I'm like, I think they're going to win it. I think this team's going to put it together, and they're going to win it. Last year, I definitely thought they were going to win the whole thing. And even with some of the flaws that they had on that, I thought they were going to win it. Then they lose to the Miami Heat. I'm like, well, what the hell? 
So there had to be some sort of red flags, and there were. Like we we criticized Joe Missoula for most of the year. We criticized even Tatum and Brown, believe it or not. Like as good as those guys were, there were times where they were were no shows. And so it's just twenty games in, taking a look at it. Are some of the issues we had at the beginning of the year still there through twenty games? Any new ones creeping in? That kind of thing. But yeah, I would. I still think they should win the whole thing now. Denver's really good. I think Milwaukee, especially by the end of the year where Lillard plays, you know, another 50, 60 games with Giannis, they're going to be really good. Hell, Minnesota's having an unbelievable year. So there there are plenty of teams in the NBA that can win the whole thing. The Celtics should be at the top, but nobody's perfect, right? There's no there's no uh, Warriors with Curry, Thompson, Durant, and Green. You're like, well, as long as they're out there, they're going to win it. Like, they're, that team doesn't exist in the NBA right now. No, no, they don't. And you got to worry, too, like, what did Milwaukee put up? The other night, oh, was like 46? 46, I believe it was, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> yeah. we don't even know if they've scratched the surface of what they can truly be Correct. capable of. Like, yep. buckle up, folks. This is going to be a wild season. I agree. You can join us, 617-779-7937. Hit us up on Twitter and Instagram as well, at Rich Keefe Show. We'll turn our attention back to the Red Sox, or really baseball in general. Red Sox traded for Dugo away, but now the news of the night, Juan Soto uh, very likely on his way. Uh, they've already mapped out the prospects and everything going the other way. Juan Soto to the Yankees. Uh, so we'll do that. Uh, coming up next is uh, Stiz with What's Trending. Now, here's What's Trending on WEEI. Trending now. The Major League Baseball winter meetings continue, and we finally got some moves from your Boston Red Sox. The Sox traded Alex Verdugo to the Yankees for three prospect pitchers. Those prospects include Richard Fitz, Greg Weissert, and Nicholas Judice. In other baseball news, longtime Sox broadcaster Joe Castiglione has been selected to receive the 2023 Ford C. Frick Award, which is presented annually by the Hall of Fame for excellence in baseball broadcasting. Castiglione, who's 75 years old, has spent 43 years calling Major League Baseball games, including the last 40 as the Red Sox lead radio voice. You can catch him right here on WEEI. The Celtics will now face the Knicks on Friday night. The Knicks lost to the Bucks last night in the in-season tournament, 146-122. The Celtics will host the Knicks Friday night at the TD Garden, tip-off at 7.30. The Bruins have the night off tonight. They're back on the ice tomorrow when they'll host the Sabres at the TD Garden, puck drop at 7 p.m. And the Patriots are heading to Pittsburgh to face the 7-5 Steelers for Thursday night football. Pat's injury report has been released. Five players ruled out. Kayshawn Booty, Demario Douglas, Riley Reeve, Ramondre Stevenson, and Sean Wade. Some other players questionable. Those players, Christian Barmore, Trent Brown, Devontae Parker, and Juju Smith-Schuster. Mitch Trubisky will start as quarterback in place of injured Kenny Pickett for the Steelers. Bailey Zappi, the quarterback for your New England Patriots. Tommy Curran was on with WEI's own Gresham Fourier. How do you think the Pats will fare tomorrow night, Mr. Curran? You have a Steelers defense that is really good and will get after Bailey Zappi. You know, you're on the road. <laughs> it's going to be noise. It's going to get worse. It could, be, it could be even worse than zero. You also have the cautionary tale of, hey, you want to spend the number two pick on a quarterback? That's who your backup is in Pittsburgh, Mitch Trubisky. Build the team first. I'm Stiz. That's what's trending now on WEI and WEI.com. More Ritz Keith Show coming up. 
can stream the show or listen on demand anytime. Just download the Odyssey app. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y. Say W-E-E-I's a favorite and listen wherever you go. Now, more of the Rich Keefe Show on W-E-E-I. Back here on the Rich Keefe Show with Fitzy W-E-E-I. Full tank program until 10 o'clock here tonight. Before we get back to the... Uh, Red Sox and the moves across Major League Baseball, including Juan Soto on his way to the New York Yankees. It is a Would You Rather Wednesday, Fitzy. So what do we uh, what do we say? We kick around some Would You Rather questions. I'm here for it. And let's start with a baseball one because there was a report yesterday that uh, among the teams interested in Lucas Giolito were the Boston Red Sox. So would you rather Lucas Giolito or... Someone good. Ah, <laughs> uh, oh boy, Rich, I didn't think you were going to hit me with <laughs> yeah. the hammer right I mean, here. we we ask the tough questions on this program. I am going to go with. I'm going to go with uh, somebody good. I'd take somebody good. I'd take yeah. two somebody's good. Now, I would like two somebody's good. Yes, is Giolito better than Brian Bayo? I think he's supposed to be. I think there's been moments where he was. As of this moment, I don't think he. I don't know if he even is. Like, I need two guys in the rotation better than Bayo. So if it's Jordan Montgomery, Blake Snell, if you somehow landed both of those guys, I think, okay, now you, now you kind of got my attention. Like, that's that's something pretty promising. Giolito and, I don't know, somebody else that's in that sort of, like, mid-market or, like, uh, maybe upper mid, like, that's not going to do it. No, I don't. I don't just need someone else that's like, I don't, we don't need a bunch of mid-level starters. We need right. somebody, we need a legitimate stud we need a stopper we need a don't like we need someone who you would absolutely need to go see every once every five days like yes. thought sale day was going to be that twasn't maybe not since josh beckett back in the late 2000s if you will have we had a don't miss his start mm, no sale was i think sales first 2017 maybe? 2017 i would say sale was that i think he provided that do you think blake snell would provide that no, but okay. I think he'd be. He's closer, closer. toward a top of the rotation yeah. ace guy. You're not going to want to miss. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I don't even know how many guys in all of baseball there really is right now with that ten, twelve, like across all like every team. Maybe yeah, it's it's tough. It's a tough thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, that's that's definitely true. Mm-hmm. All right, would you rather watch all of the Patriots Steelers game tomorrow again? It's like an eight twenty kick or so, mm-hmm. or get one good slug in the gut. <laughs> Like somebody right in the boiler maker there. They just sock it right to you. The yeah. old the old powder puff. Yep. Uh it's your one and done though. Let me before you answer, it's just one they just sock you in the stomach once. Yep. And then you're you have the rest of the night free. Yeah, I'm gonna need to know about it just so I don't go out like Houdini. So uh Good but point. otherwise like of all things I, to get them. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, just really. You know, the one thing he couldn't escape, a sock in the <laughs> uh I would prefer I Right, well, I gotta tell you, honestly, yeah. I think I'd rather just get a quick pop and get it over with. Yeah, because then again, you have three hours to do whatever you want at that point. Yeah, I mean, take me a few minutes to maybe get over that. Oh, wow, that kind of hurt. But oh, then, like, even if you get you a get good your wind back under, right. fine. The wind gets knocked out of you. You're still you're you're back on your feet in a minute. You're all right. Yeah, yeah. Pat Steelers is going to be a whole thing now. We're going to watch. People listening to Wei are going to watch it, but it's one of those things where like. It's an immediate tune out for casual fans or for the, like, they're like, what, what is this? Because the problem is, and we've highlighted this for a while, 
it's not just the team's bad. Like I think turning your back on a team when they're bad, like that's you're that's a bad fan. Like that's 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 pathetic. However, when when they are so inept and they've scored one touchdown in three weeks, they are literally on one side of the ball giving you nothing to cheer for. At some point, you're like, all right, now they're insulting us, and you're almost crazy to keep watching it, right? Like, I'm kind of torn. This isn't a typical bad team. Like, if you had a bad team, but, you know, you had a good rookie quarterback, and you're like, well, let's, let's see what he's doing. Or you have a couple of young, promising players. Like, well, at least let's see what's going on over here. You don't know if Bill Belichick's going to be back. You don't think any of the quarterbacks are going to be back. You wonder even how many of the coaches are going to be. Like, it's just... It they're making it tough. They're making it tough to invest three hour minimum three hours every week. A minimum of three hours, not to mention Min. like the I don't like. I gotta be honest. Maybe I, I think it's different listening to sports radio because you can get involved in the dialogue and yeah, you know there'll be hopefully some entertainment woven throughout. But like I can only imagine for a lot of the traditional print media outlets and even just you know bloggers and long form writers what a challenge this season is. Because after, you know, you know, the the Bedards, the Callahans, the Kearns and everyone else says, like, burn this film or my God, this is the worst <laughs> yeah. offense I've ever seen. Where else do you go? All right. Now, what? I don't know where else to go in terms of dialogue about this team at this point. No. And that's why it does have a little bit of that kind of car crash aspect of it. You're like, oh, I didn't think it could get worse after the Cowboys game. And then I didn't think it could get worse after the Saints game. And then I didn't think it could get worse after the Colts game. And then you're like, well, you still got five more games to go. And they just got shut out by the Chargers, who are about to fire their defensive coach because his defense sucks. Mm-hmm. So that's that's where they're at. Speaking of coaches, would you rather All right. Bill O'Brien back as offensive coordinator for the Patriots next year or hire anyone who is Facebook friends with Kyle Shanahan? <laughs> just anybody <laughs> he knows. You know what? I would like to see something different, Rich. If I can't Same. have... If I can't have if let's say the Tom Curran plan of bringing Mac Jones back next year on the fourth and final year of his rookie deal, not taking the fifth year option. Let's say that happens. You draft a quarterback. If you can't bring Josh McDaniels back because McDaniels works so well with Mac Jones, then I don't want anyone that has had anything to do with the New England Patriots offense. Got to go anytime recently. Sorry, Bill O'Brien. It's not your fault. You know, you had to work with the same garbage that Mac Jones's friend said he obviously had to work with and was not satisfactory to him as well. Just it just it's just something it just needs to be different. Like, I think Bill O'Brien should get up. I think Bill O'Brien should get a lot more blame because Matt Patricia and Joe Judge were the punching bags last year, and I think rightfully so. And then we then, you know, eventually we pivoted it to Belichick because Belichick was the one who hired those guys and put those guys in spots that they weren't ready for. But Bill O'Brien is an offensive coordinator. He does have horrible talent. So did Patricia and Judge last year. And it feels like right now, Patricia got all the blame last year. And then this year, no, nothing even mentions with Bill O'Brien. Like, Bill O'Brien, like, oh, what do you want him to do? Tough spot. It's like, yeah, well, he made a bad team worse or a bad offense worse. Mm-hmm. So I don't want him back next year. I know he has plenty of... Uh, excuses like right on the ready i'm not even saying he's making the excuse i'm just saying the uh people could or like other other coaches or other gms around the league could be like well who's gonna win with mac jones and bailey zappy and those receivers i get it but i certainly don't want him back the idea of mac jones coming back next year in any capacity no thank you i 
we mentioned this earlier. You can't get rid of all 53 players, but you can get rid of him. Like, you got to move on from him. I just, uh, no thanks. Why would you possibly bring him back? And McDaniel, like, stop bringing back guys who coached for the Patriots before. Awful, awful. So you, you just you just want to complete. You want the old pin in the back of the Nintendo, uh, an absolute yep. reboot, page one rewrite. And I, wonder, I mean, they're staring at two and fifteen with the worst offense ever. So I don't really know how anybody would want not the reboot. That's a good, a good question. I, I wonder, like, and how much, like, what portion of the what portion of the roster, like, how, how give me a percentage of the ro- of the roster you would like to see come back. Fifty percent? Yeah, probably. I mean, that's an exercise we should probably we could do at some point. Is like go through. I don't even think I want fifty percent. I'm just, you know, you have to have a number of these guys back. Like that's what you're going to have. You know, some of them are on rookie deals, and mm-hmm. I know Mac Jones is one of those guys, but I feel like he's sort of an exception. He's a little bit different because of just the importance of that position and everything else. Um, but yeah, because a couple of the guys that you like are free agents, so it's kind of I don't even. It might be out of your control. Like Kyle Duggar, Mike Unwenu, like they might just be gone anyway. And those are two actually good players. They may not want to not only be a part of the rebuild, they may just want to get out of the culture, the environment. There could be who knows how they feel about just what they see when they look around at this point. Like <laughs> right. they everyone that everyone that could possibly be re signed here, if they're not a Belichick guy and Bill Belichick is not coming back next year, we'll say in this scenario. Yeah. Then unless the paycheck is massive, then what what is their incentive to come back? Like, do they want uh, no, to be it's... here for the heat long, the long, slow, deliberate turnaround? You're well, not just going to like flip yeah. the roster and magically be in the playoffs next year. No, I think that's another one of the things post Tom Brady that they got to get used to is, and I think in the, in the 2021 off season they pretty much went out and and did just that. They said, all right, there is no real draw to playing here other than money, and that's the case with a lot of teams around the league. But there are a few, like if you're a decent veteran player and the Eagles or the Niners or the Chiefs offer you a deal, like, yeah, you might go there for not every single penny. But if you're going to go to the Patriots, I mean, my God, you're going to you're gonna have to do that. Yep. All right, would you rather mm-hmm. Zach Wilson or Bailey Zappi as your starting quarterback? Uh, I In this particular instance, I would love to see Zach Wilson under center for the Patriots tomorrow night, only because I already know all the devils that have taken snaps for the Pats, and I'm good with them. Yeah. I, just give me – it's, it's, that's almost like a anyone else or Bailey Zappi. And it's no offense to Bailey Zappi. He looks right. the part. He's probably just an awfully terrific dude. Seems like a nice fellow. But, you know, just give, let, me, let me just see someone else run around and chucking the ball. If it's going to be five picks, fine. If it's going to be a couple of quick scampers, fine. If it's going to be a, a joke or it's going to be heroic, fine. Whatever. Well, he, the guy could throw uh, rockets, right? Like, he's got a great a arm. for an arm. Yeah, I mean, he was the Maybe second. he's been miscast and misused, too. Who knows? Perhaps, I mean, how many Jets quarterbacks have just gone there and just been broken? I mean, if, if people are making excuses for Mac Jones saying that he was broken by the Patriots organization, like, all right, Zach Wilson's one of how many Jets quarterbacks that just failed. And it feels like he's done a bit of a 180. I mean, last year at this time, he was a joke. Like, he was a punching bag, right? The whole team hated him. They wanted Mike White. It seems like he's kind of listened to Aaron Rodgers. He he handled the Aaron Rodgers situation as well as possible at the beginning of the mm-hmm. year. 
But then was, there was this weird thing this week where he was like, I don't want to be back in there. I guess it had a little bit more to do with like his injury than yeah. him just getting benched before. But even still, it was kind of a strange situation. But yeah, I just think like overall talent. Give me, I'll, I would rather take a shot with Zach Wilson than sure. than Bailey Zappi. Why not? Let's find out what you got. All right. Would you rather? Mm-hmm. And this, let's say, is outside of New England. This is a, this is in a vacuum. Mm-hmm. Would you rather Mac Jones or Kenny Pickett? Ooh. I mean, the shine's Ooh. way off of Mac Jones, but I feel like the shine's also coming off of Kenny Pickett. Yeah, but I saw like last year at the end of the 2022 season. Kenny Pickett got on a roll, and while he wasn't exactly lighting up the AFC North and no. you know putting up fantasy football numbers, he looked like a gamer. He did last year. He did last year. I don't know what's going on this year. This year, less. Yeah, less for sure. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. And you can't just blame Matt Canada anymore because he hasn't been there for a couple of weeks. Right. Um, I would. Wow. I'd say pick it by a whisker. Pick it. Uh, in only t- just because I saw. Only yeah. just because I saw like Mac. Only just because I the couple comebacks I saw versus like the one comeback True. I've ever seen from Mac Jones. Pickett has started twelve games as a rookie, and then he has played twelve games this year. He is fourteen and ten as a star, seven and five both seasons. Okay, and for his career, thirteen touchdowns, thirteen picks, right across the board, just right there. QB rating for his career seventy eight point eight. He might, he, they might be looking for a quarterback in a couple of years. You know something that they might. I don't think next year. Maybe <clears throat> I think they'll probably give him one more. No, yeah, I think you give him that third. Yep, I agree with that. You know, one thing that I don't believe we're making enough of is I, I feel like I may have seen this highlighted briefly someplace somewhere this week. But, you know, one of the things that was overlooked and that is now making a lot of sense, it's not just that Mac Jones played in college in a warm weather environment like it's warm in Alabama, a lot of domes. Yeah. Uh, you know, he never really faced anything resembling adversity in you know, he obviously he had to like. No, it wasn't one close game. Tua. I remember we looked this up. Yeah, no, he never he never beat anybody out. No, he was. I mean, I know Alabama Bryce was Young a front was, runner of a wagon of a team. Right. Like Bryce Young was like a big recruit when they got him, but Mac Jones had already been with the team for like four years or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, Jalen Hurts moved on, Tua moved on, and here's Mac Jones who got a few starts when Tua got hurt, and then they were just a wagon. I mean. They had the best receiver and co- they had the two best receivers maybe in all of college football and a hoss of a running back yep, and offensive line, line and everything, brilliant coach, etc. It almost makes you wonder sometimes, like, did Belichick think, you know what, this guy has never, like, this guy has had a lot given to him. He's earned some things, but mm-hmm. I wonder if I need to throw a little some challenges, some adversity his way to see if he can handle it. It just, you know, these are the things you have to wonder when your season is totally lost <laughs> and you've got yeah. still yeah. games to come, but you can't help but wonder, like. How did this go so south so quickly and so badly? I think he played in, let's see, I thought it was one close game. Maybe it was zero close games, like at Alabama. So the 13 and 0, they, they, they just ran the table. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, here's one close game. SEC championship game, final score 52-46. So that was wow. a close. That, that, yeah. Oh, yeah. Who was that against? Uh, Florida. That was, uh, wasn't that Trask? I believe that was, that was Kyle Trask versus Mac Jones. Yeah, let's, you know, let's go down memory lane here. Mac Jones threw for 418, five touchdowns and one pick. Kyle Trask threw for 408, three touchdowns, no picks. Najee Harris had mm-hmm. five total touchdowns in the game. 
178 yards rushing. Devontae wow. Smith had 15 catches for 184 Sheesh. yards and two scores. No wonder he won the Heisman. And on the other side, Kadarius Toney had 153 in a score. Kyle Pitts had 129 in a score. Whatever happened to that guy? That was a fun game. Yeah, those guys, uh, yeah, they've all kind of fallen off, right? Because Najee Harris was good. Now he isn't. Kyle Pitts never was. Kadarius Toney never really was. He's got talent, but he's a head case. Right. Kyle Pitts is now just sitting on in, in some waiver wires in fantasy leagues right. or uh, right. on on benches as well. Um, Najee Harris, he's not a complete bust. No, he's not. Yet. No, he's not. No. But I think the way he started, I was thinking he was going to be like an all-pro running back. And okay. now he's like, yeah. yeah, he's one of two guys that you can kind of split split carries with. Yeah, uh, We'll get a chance to see him uh, tomorrow, however. And then last one on the uh, Would You Rather Wednesday. This is going to segue nicely into our Kiefer Madness topic. Would you rather rewatch Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer or the Charlie Brown Christmas special? That is, I mean, that's not a fair question. Listen, you got you to make a hard choice here. Uh, I'm going to have to go with Rudolph. I agree. I agree. I'm a, I'm definitely more of a Rudolph guy. Yeah, I know. I mean, there's I love Charlie Brown. Grew sure. up loving. Like I could just see the waited for it every year. On never missed it on CBS. Saw right. that special CBS special presentation logo zooming. Oh in, yeah, like, something good's on it. its way. Yep. Ah, oh, it's great. And that's that's the goat to me. The goat of uh, holiday soundtracks, maybe even holiday albums. The great Vince Guaraldi's a Charlie Brown Christmas album. Listen to it like dozens of times. Sure. Yeah, yeah. But Rudolph is just Rudolph is a and the Rudolph special has its flaws. Oh, it's there's a, a lot I, of I have issues. A lot of bullying. Real, I know. real nasty treatment. A of dentist. Yeah. yeah. I also feel not to completely besmirch Rudolph and his importance. I would they don't have lights. Like they couldn't fashion a light. One of the elves could have made a light, strapped it to Blitzen's chest, and then you're like, problem solved. Yeah, just like, you know, with a battery that lasts long enough for the night. I think they'd be fine. They could just whip those up. They'd have a whole bunch of them. They could be lit up like the whole the whole night. It was and he's only helpful as... when it's foggy. Like when it's not foggy, right. it's like you don't even need this guy. One particularly foggy Christmas. Yep. The guy, the guy you've picked on. Oh, now suddenly you have a use for him. I mean, more than picked on him. I'm mean, that guy. He ran away. Got to completely downplaying the importance of Rudolph. I don't think he's all that important. If it's a clear night, useless. And then you can, you have the ability to make lights. The lights exist. They're yeah, decorating lots trees. Of the toys ha- yeah. Lots of the toys have lights on them, Stiz. No, but it's about the lesson learned. All the reindeers after were like, you know what? We should have never treated this guy bad. They Did they learn their lesson? They got, they were able to treat him bad, and then he still saved Christmas. <laughs> yeah. A real and, lesson learned, Stiz, would have been him being like, no. Pound you know, sand. He goes crazy. Yeah, I'm friends with the Jack in the Box and the guy that wants to be the dentist. That's what I'm friends <laughs> Don't with. Don't forget, Rich. Yeah. It's actually Charlie in the Box. Right, Charlie. My bad. My bad, Charlie. Yeah, we're buds. All right, we'll have more on this. Are the the best Christmas specials uh, now through Christmas during Madness uh, when Fitzy's in? We're gonna mix it up, and we're not talking about full length feature films. That'll be another. That'll be another week. This is the Christmas special. Usually you know, on TV. Maybe 45 minutes without commercials. That's ballpark what we're looking at here. Uh, some Actually, some are even less than that. Uh, you can also join the program at 617-779-7937. More of the Rich Keefe Show with Fitzy coming up next here on WEEI.
watch the show anytime via our live stream on Twitch. Just go to twitch.tv slash BostonWEEI and check out WEEI on YouTube for our video on demand content updated daily. Now, more of the Rich Keefe Show on WEEI. Back here on the Rich Keefe Show with Fitzy WEEI. We are less than three weeks away from Christmas. So let's get to a uh, discussion of the best Christmas TV specials. So we will save uh, Christmas movies. Uh, what else? Christmas drinks. Christmas traditions. We got a lot. We have a, like, we have a lot. Traditions, drinks, songs. Yeah. Songs. Yeah, right. Songs, obviously, is a good one. Holiday tunes, for sure. Let's do TV specials. We just talked about a couple of them. Rudolph and uh, Charlie Brown, two of the mm-hmm. all-timers. Rudolph's they, certainly one of my favorites. Could They could almost be retired. Like, they could, shouldn't even be in the conversation yeah. because they're staples of the American television landscape. All right. Where do you want to go uh, with this? I have one that is my personal favorite. I feel like anybody who has seen it loves it. Maybe some people have missed it. And if you listen to the Dork Podcast, you know, I, t- I talk about this every year. I talk about it a lot. But if you're, if you're unfamiliar with that podcast, first of all, it's on the Odyssey app and it's free. It's me and Davey talking about movies and TV shows. Let me take you back to 1987. Oh. A Muppet Family Christmas. This was one of those classic hour TV specials. It's now available on YouTube for free, mm-hmm. and they like upscaled it to like 4K for it's like so it's like 46 minutes, maybe 47 minutes in and out. And a lot of people immediately think of Muppet Christmas and they think of a Muppet Christmas Carol, which is great. It's a great movie. Mm-hmm. This is different. This is a sta- this is a TV special. And if you can also get the version where they have like the real TV commercials in it too, that's a nice little bonus. The old uh, 87 uh, commercials, but. This is the rare instance where you get the Muppets, you get the Sesame Street characters, and you get the Fraggles all in one All in show. one universe? One show, yes. They're all in the same house, for God's sakes. So the premise is Fozzie is surprising his mom, and he's bringing all the Muppets to her house for Christmas, but she's like, she thought she was leaving, and she was going to rent the house to somebody, and so that guy's there, and he's like, wait, what are all these people doing here? And then just comedy ensues. They sing songs. They give gifts. You get... Maybe the best rendition of Jingle Bell Rock as performed by the Electric Mayhem that you're ever going to hear. I've heard now. See, there's a song yep. now crossing over into whenever Christmas yep. carols and Christmas tunes will be discussed. That's a good song. That's a great. Uh, so many different covers. Hall and Oates, like mm-hmm. the the original, uh, whatever. Uh, I forget the name of the lady who sings the iconic one that we hear so often. Patty, Debbie, something, whatever. Sure. Um, yeah, yeah. Debbie Boone, I think maybe. Okay. Um, the, uh, that's a great one. It's an incredible one, and it's, it's again, on YouTube, so you don't have to have any of these famous uh, streamers. And then I would also toss it, just because it's uh, Jim Henson-related, Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas. Another solid I one. I feel like I've that. seen that one before. I think I've seen that before. I think that is a nifty one. Oh, actually, you know what? Joe and Lowell. He's, oh, oh, he just dropped off because I think that's what I was going to. what he wanted to say, right? All right. Yeah, so, he called right. in. He was all excited about that one. That's another good one. All right, Fitzy, what do you have? What what jumps to the top of mind? Uh, can I can I, uh, can I just can I just say like it's been an age and a half since I watched it. I was so excited to watch it as a kid. It was so wonderfully underwhelming. It is so bad that it's like it's it's gone through the wow. This is so bad. It's brilliant. That would be the uh, Star Wars holiday special. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It is just so like everyone is absolutely phoning it in. The Mm -hmm. effects are 
grade Z level, but there was such Star Wars fever, such Star yes. Wars mania had back it. in 1978 that it could have just been, you know, it could have been two, you know, two Luke's one cup and people would have been like, <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> Didn't matter. You know, yeah. it, it was it's it's a treat for me. I, the problem is like now my kids, I watch it for nostalgia's sake. Right. My kids have no interest in watching it. No, yeah, right. That's they're tough. Watch the the new movies, and they're not going to watch the Mandalorian or Andor, and then all of a sudden be like, "Ooh, terrible graphics, no story, and a bunch of people that look like they're hungover from the <laughs> night before." Awesome. You know what's crazy? I don't think it's on Disney Plus. Disney Plus has every Star Wars thing. I don't think it's on it's there. So bad. They're you probably get like, it no, on. I think it's point. it's. Uh, I think it's a YouTube find. All right, I'll YouTube that. Uh, Stiz, you got one. Was the Grinch mentioned? No, no, good one. Yeah, Great one. Yeah, that's one. That's You're a, top a of mine. mean one, Mr. Grinch. So good. No, Grinch is an absolute classic. It's, I it's, I think the Grinch is still underrated. It is a great. It's, it's great. Dare I say, yeah. it, it is the best uh, screen, whether it be big screen or small screen, the best screen adaptation of Dr. Seuss. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, Lorax on line one. No, but no. <laughs> Grinch is no, definitely okay, the best one. Okay, right, no. Can we just talk real fast? Uh, Mike Myers, Cat in the Hat, (laughs) needs to be the first movie on the rocket full of movies that are going to be fired into the sun, never shown again. Yep. Bury it somewhere or fire it to the sun. It's going to be one of the two. I will say just last year, I saw Jim Carrey's The Grinch, and I was so pleasantly surprised. Loved it. Yeah, it wasn't bad. Yeah. Was, uh, you guys, wait, did you guys agree to do a bit during the commercial break? (laughs) No. Jim, I made my children shut it off 25 minutes in. What? Didn't like it. That movie is. I said I didn't uh, hate it. I didn't like it. I mean, I don't. I haven't rewatched it many times. If my kids stumbled across some of the horrid links that can be found on their dad's <laughs> browser history, I'd be less upset. That movie sucks. You're right. Wow. You take that. Are you this? kidding? Nick Stevens versus Jim yeah. Carrey. Man. Oh, listen, I celebrate the majority of the Jim Carrey. Yeah, but catalog. that was post his run where he couldn't miss for a little bit. And then oh, that yeah. was post. That was post. And then it was oh. some hits still in there, but it was it was post. Let me take you back to another one. This also came out in 1987. You're like, Keith, that's oddly specific. That's because my grandfather, rest in peace, he taped all these Christmas specials on one VHS tape. And then I just rewatched them forever. So with them up at Family Christmas, with Grinch, with Rudolph, we also got something that you may have missed, not as famous. And if you're looking for it, it would just be called a claymation Christmas celebration. Are you familiar with this thing, Fitzy? I have never heard okay. of the claymation Christmas celebration. It's unreal. It's all done in uh, clay, and you have a T-Rex and a uh, like a rhinoceros type guy. Actually, it might be another kind of dinosaur. They are the like MCs of this thing. And then it's just rapid fire. It's all different, like, little musical performances. But the California Raisins are involved in it. Some of them go more for comedy. Some of them go more for just, like, I don't know, looks kind of cool. That's one that probably also is on um, YouTube now. It was originally ran, though, on CBS, like a lot of these. This was a Christmas television special just simply called Claymation Christmas Celebration. Um, I currently have open right now uh, from timeout.com a list of... The greatest Christmas specials of all time. Can I throw a couple out there yeah. that we may have missed that we, we may need to? And this does not even include this does not even include uh, one of those new Star Wars Lego ones that's on Disney Plus or the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. Oh, I like that one. That was good. Which which people which people seem to enjoy very like much. Um, 
They have it number two, Frosty the Snowman. I love that, it. It's good. It, it, I mean, it's a classic. You watch it for yeah. the nostalgic emotional value, but the fact that, happy birthday, <laughs> Frosty the Snowman. Yeah. Why, did, why am I uh, singing like a freaking gangster? It's a fun, it's a fun, you're in and out, 20 minutes. It's, yeah, uh, it's a I like quick, it. yeah. quick take. Um, the Simpsons, Simpsons Roasting on an Open Fire episode from 1989, they say is, is an absolute gift, highly overlooked. Oh, I guess uh, I wouldn't even include that because I just, because like, so now it's like, yeah, if you think about TV shows that have Christmas episodes, that kind of really opens it up. I was thinking more like standalone, yeah. but you're right. Yeah, that's that's a good one. Uh, Lego Star Wars Christmas special from 2020. Yep. Uh, they highlight Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas. Sure. They say that is criminally overlooked and it's a great time. Yep. The Year Without a Santa Claus. Okay. 1974. Oh, yep. Papa, eat. Uh, Christmas <laughs> at Pee-wee's Playhouse, 1988. Oh, that really? is going to merit a rewatch. Okay. And then finally, Tales from the Crypt and All Through the House from 1989. Let's go. And we're talking, say, In your wheelhouse, boys. Tales from the Crypt. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, Gracious. I'm going fi- to fire this uh, I'm gonna fire this link over to you guys on the yeah. break so you yeah, guys can catch do. up with these. Send that. There's some, uh, there's some good ones there. All right, there you go. That is uh, Christmas specials. Maybe next week we'll either do songs or we will do uh, full-length feature films. That's always a very uh, hot topic this time That's of the great. year. Great. Uh, you can join the program, 617-779-7937. Three hours down, one hour to go, including Grab Bag coming up at 920 here on WEI.